This is a podcast from the Queen City Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Business Champs. This is the show where we focus on responsible business practices. We believe and we understand and the research shows that sustainable business practices that focus on both positive environmental and social impact is the way that technology and strategy is headed. It's a winning strategy for your small business. Small businesses can connect with large businesses to gain market share, strengthen your brand and reduce your risk. So welcome to our show. So you have here C.T. Anderson, and I'm joined by my lovely co-host. Hi, this is Britt Bogues of Bogues Group. So today we're going to talk about um, sustainable events. Britt and I had the pleasure of attending a recent event that was a green event, if you will. And you all know that she's in PR, so she's an expert on these events. So I'm going to turn it over to you, Britt. Yes. So that event was so fun. I'm learning about... Uh, different certifications for green buildings and also learning about, um, I don't know, that they test the air quality. I mean, it's stuff like that that I couldn't really believe. Um, When I think about what does it mean to um, have a sustainable event and do the whole management process, it's just making the decision um, to reduce the environmental impact of your event. Um, events can be, you know, so large. I mean, there's some events with over, you know, 50,000 people in attendance and then you're, you can have little events, so they still make an impact. So what can we do to just, you know, make it a little better? Especially because you're talking about the Spectrum Center, um, when we learned that they test the air quality as a part of their green building certification, that both of us, I think we talked about that for like a week amongst ourselves. I was like, what the heck? And then to know like there's like a centralized alarm that like if it's not at the right levels, they get a notification like that is that is cool. That's I mean, I'm such a nerd, but like that's cool to me. I won't call myself a nerd, but I do. I am interested in what that what she said. But more importantly, I'm kind of like a germaphobe. So y'all. If you go to the Spectrum Center, the air quality is good. It's okay. We can go into events again. That's that's what I got out of that. Yeah, definitely. And then just thinking about how many other major event um, venues like Spectrum uh, also do that. So like, I think that's like, it's like a whole global network of people. I think that's just so fascinating. So um, I kind of thought about like, what are some of the events we've worked on and what do we do like continuously to make sure um, our events are the most sustainable that they can be. Um, And then giving tips to others that are very interested in planning those type of events too. Um, So I would definitely say the first thing, if you can, let's save some trees and uh, do digital invites. Uh, There's several different platforms like Eventbrite, SimpleTix, um, and they are literally um, free to set up. Um, There is charge on the back end, um, but they're free to set up and it's a great way to send personalized invitations, event reminders, um, tickets, do digital check-ins. But um, basically um, it's just a great way to go since we know that the impact of deforestation um, has on climate change um, is definitely really important um, to be cognizant of that. So um, let's avoid paper invites if we can. I like that idea. And I would like to talk a little bit more because you've planned a few events. Have you done events, Brittany, where you've had a mobile app 
as kind of like the event kind of agenda. I like those. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Yes. Um, one of our um, bigger events, we have like a, a couple golf tournaments and we we opted because for the first year, um, we did a lot of things with paper. And we're like, there's got to be a more efficient way to do this. Um, and we worked with um, Golf Status um, and used an app. And it was phenomenal. It made it so uh, your players can see like who's in what place. Um, you can see I mean, scores, check-in, what time certain um, run-of-show items are happening. Um, it just made it easier to communicate with people because of push notifications. Um, it just made the event run a lot more smoothly and um, an enjoyable experience. Um, and also, you know, good for the environment. I love it. I actually have benefited from those, um, from some of the large corporate events that I've been involved in either are planning or attending. And to be honest, what I really liked about those mobile apps is the networking capabilities. So you can see who's attending, you know, when you have the, okay, maybe I'm dating myself here. You have the paper agenda and you have the, <laughs> the event booklet. I'm in there circling, oh, such and such is going to be here. Oh, they're speaking at this panel. Let me make I get sure I get over to them. But if I can't get over to that person or network or catch up with somebody that I want to talk to, I could send them a note in the mobile app and say, hey, Let's connect here or, you know, you can you can text, too. But sometimes you don't have people's you know mobile phone if you work with them professionally. So when it comes to if you're trying to create a sense of community, I like the mobile apps as an option for um, doing that. Now, there's a whole stream of work around the digital, the impact of digital cloud computing and cloud storage. We won't go into that today. But for now, reducing paper and going digital work well. Exactly. Um, and definitely when um, we were planning a couple of conferences, having a digital app makes it so much easier. You can see uh, the speakers coming up, their bio. Um, and like you said, the networking capabilities are endless. Um, and it really makes you feel like you have a real community, um, which is important. Other than party planners, who else, what other small businesses could benefit from this? Maybe some nonprofits? You know, we want to make sure that our audience, those who are smaller, yeah. Yeah, I would definitely say um, any kind of business that uses invitations, um, there's things like Punchbowl, um, send a card. There's so many different um, applications you can use to send an invite versus using a paper invite. Um, so I know lots of different businesses will have either, um, instead of doing a direct mailer, um, if you're a nonprofit by mail, you can do it um, with an email campaign um, or utilizing a ticket service. So um, it definitely isn't just for um, one type of business, it's for any business that sends invitations or things like that. C-L-T first. That's spelled C-L-T-1-S-T. It's a refreshing new podcast of Charlotte people, by Charlotte people, for Charlotte people. No bots, no AI, just real human voices. We call it news for people who are so over local news. We work with natural allies, all locally owned, like the Charlotte Ledger, Queen City Nerve, Charlotte Post, and many others. We're all about local, local, local with minimal murder and mayhem. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Instagram. Change your morning routine with us. CLT first. QueenCityPodcastNetwork.com. 
thinking um, when I go into the next one, um, upcycle and recycle um, about one of our events that we had for a client and um, you know, a lot, a lot of times you need directional signs. Um, so instead of um, using like single use waste is what, you know, a paper sign to me is, um, instead of using that, we use chalkboards. Um, we were able to still, you know, personalize it, add logos, um, but also we're, uh, our client is able to reuse them, you know, uh, over and over again. Um, so that's a, definitely a tip um, that I would love to share and think that people for any kind of business could kind of um, implement finding ways to recycle um, and just give something new life um, when you're doing any kind of event or any kind of campaign. All right. Creative wayfinder signage. I'm I'm trying to st- to be like you, Brett, where you kind of summarize what we talk about because you're really good at, you know, coming up with those those cute like this is what we said. <laughs> So wayfinder signage that is creative. So chalkboards is one way. And um, you know, I have, you know, my nonprofit business focused on sustainable fashion and textile recycling. Anytime we can use an interior design scrap or some little piece of leather or something, we try to do it all the time. We connect with local artists. So this is that a shout out to all the local artists here in the QC. If you're interested in using your creativity for good and for pay, reach out to us. You know, we want to hear what you have ideas regarding how we can use um, your specific expertise to create cool wayfinder signs. Because I think that sets the events apart as well, don't you think? Oh, definitely. Um, Definitely makes it more creative and just um, a good use of materials. Um, I also think about a lot of those like conferences um, that I've gone to over the years and also planned and, you know, you're usually given a lanyard, uh, you know, or a badge with your name on it. Um, and so what we found is that you have a bring back program. So when you can, having them, um, you know, give you back their lanyard um, so you can reuse it for another event. Um, it's just another way to reduce um, waste. I like it. And we can make the lanyard holders out of something cool, too. Exactly. I mean, there's multi-purpose use. I love it. Multi-use. Um, and <laughs> and then lastly, I mean, to me, what makes a good party is the food and um, definitely the music. Um, but food, coming up with a creative green catering um, and or food plan um, for your event. Since um, food is such a major driver of climate change, um, it's really important that we are cognizant of um, making sure we have a lot of plant-based items, um, and then also making sure you have an accurate count of your guests, so you can kind of guesstimate how much food is needed, um, so that you can have as little food left over as possible, um, and then also, you know, taking that food and making, um, donating it, or finding another use for it is always really helpful, um, but just having some cognizant plan of how you're going to, um, you know, be sustainable in your plan when it, when it comes to food. I like it. I like that a lot. A green, what did you say? Green catering plan? Yes. And what really made me think about it too, um, I recently became pescatarian. I was watching that like what you eat documentary on Netflix and it just like blew my mind. You know, they use the twins. Um, and then knowing that like cow burps and farts are like 
agriculture is more it's like the biggest contributor to climate change and like all the things that are going on not even transportation which is what i thought i was like oh it's definitely transportation not like cow burps and farts like the methane or whatever it's just too much for me so Brittany is now going to become a sustainability expert. And I feel like every episode, she's like, I had no idea. I had no idea. So this is one of those moments because so I work in sustainable fashion and I do that because diverting material from landfill reduces methane emissions. So when we talk about greenhouse gas emissions, everybody's eyes glaze over. But there's two different types, or there's several different types, but the main types are carbon emissions, which is when you burn, you know, you drive your car, there's carbon emitted, things like that, oil, fossil fuels. And then there's also methane. Well, the reason why methane is important, not because of quantity, but the potency. Methane is more, I think, seven or eight times more potent than carbon dioxide. So if we can reduce the kind of emissions associated with methane, that would be great. And so when you think about food that decomposes in a landfill, when you think about clothes that decompose in a landfill, all that emissions is more potent than the methane. Brittany talked about cow bark burps and farts. So when the cows in the <laughs> do they eat the grass, then they, you know, they release emissions that impact, you know, our climate. And so that's one of the reasons that she's become a pescatarian is because she doesn't want to contribute to that. I think there's another reason though, Britt. There might be, but you know, that's definitely the main reason. Yeah. I mean, there's also some what we call personal sustainability. You know, you want to be healthy. I, we, I, we're not going to speak against any industry. However, the science has shown that folks that eat less meat in their diet may live longer. The study where they did with the twins, like she's talking about on the Netflix show, they actually monitored twins over the course of a period. And they chose twins because identical twins have the same um, genetic makeup. And the the numbers were pretty significant of the twin that followed the meat-based diet versus the one that followed the plant-based diet. And so after that, Britt became a pescatarian. And so can you share with the audience, Britt, why you didn't become a full vegetarian? Because like I love cheese, number one, because I was like never going to be a vegan. I, I would think about it. I was like, oh, and then also because... Um, I really know that I need a protein and I know you can get protein from so many different things like beans and, um, you know, other things like that. But it was mostly because I wanted my hair to not fall out. Um, <laughs> so a couple of my friends have become like vegetarians and I don't know if it's because they didn't do like the genome test where you can test like what diet is best for you or what, but like a lot of them had like their hair fall out. And so like, I love my hair. I'm obsessed. It's so, no, I pescatarian life for me. <laughs> But she she's talking about some of her friends that didn't test. She's talking about ZT because I actually had my hair fall out a few years ago when I went vegan. And I thought it was because I was stressed. But it could be that I didn't do the right research. So, OK, <laughs> so we're not professional scientists. We are just two young women trying to share how to do better in the world. So if you decide to change your eating habits, please contact the requisite experts so you don't have your hair falling out looking crazy like some people on this podcast. <laughs> that part. <laughs> yeah. So anyhow, but tell us how you heard about that, because I, I think it's somebody in your family that shared uh, about the hair falling out. Is that right? 
Yeah. So actually my like significant other, he was like telling me like, cause he's been vegetarian and vegan like a couple of times um, throughout his journey. Uh, we both have had like weight loss journeys. Um, so he's lost a, a lot of weight and I've lost about like 50 pounds. And so um, we're always looking for ways to eat healthy. And he was just telling me like about the, some of the times he's like, yeah, like I kind of thought you know, my hair might be falling out or like certain things. So like, you know, he also is in fitness. Um, he owns a gym. And so he actually monitors and has those tests where you can figure out. And so he figured out that like, he just has to take extra proteins and do some things um, when he tries to be a vegetarian because he too values his hair. <laughs> As we should. All right. So the green catering plan, we got off a little bit off track, but I think this is important for people to just hear all the various different ways that sustainability touches your life. And one of the main things about the green catering plan, I think, is composting and what to do about the waste. So the best way to reduce waste and sustainability is to not to create it at the beginning. So Brittany talked about making sure that you order and you have enough food, just enough food. And I know for those of us who plan events, 100 people say they're going to come, 49 show up. So let's just be realistic. Um, you don't want to get in the situation where you um, run out of food. But I think we, particularly in this country, that happen that, that rarely happens. Our portion sizes are, when I went to Japan versus what we eat here, like the portion sizes are significant. Yeah, we can have a whole episode just on travel and different portion size. So let's put that. We we have to have an episode I on green it. eating, like green diet. Like we got we got a whole bunch of stuff on that one. But the composting is important, particularly for local listeners here in in in, in Charlotte, because we have two major composting companies, and we'll shout them out at a, at a later date because maybe we'll get them on the podcast. But I know that we have composting con companies that will go around to the local facilities. They go around to the breweries. They go around to some of the um, multifamily buildings. You can even order a bucket to come to your home. You can drop it off at the Innovation Barn, plug the Innovation Barn because that's where my facility is. So there are options here in Charlotte for local businesses and folks to get involved in composting and have that be built as a part of your budget for your green green event. Exactly. Oh, well, I mean, again, learning so many things because um, I actually am like looking at getting a compost uh, machine like for my house. But I was like, what am I going to do with it? So, I mean, now I know what I can do with it. Thanks. Yeah. I'm going to have to get you to come see me in person sometime. So just bring it on over to the barn and that'll be that'll be my excuse for saying let's see each other in person. Because I think I feel like we live on text and, and Zoom. I know. Seriously. And plus, I, I also like feel like I need to learn how to garden. So like, how can I use this for gardening? I, I need to do better. Like, so this will be great for me. I'm going to do additional research. So thank you. Awesome. Anything else you want to close up and wrap it? for our guests and for business owners or folks looking to plan better and green events? Yeah. So just kind of to summarize what we kind of talked about today when it comes to um, sustainable event management, um, just being really cognizant of your audience, because um, of course you want to give them uh, a great experience, but we do want to be good to our planet. Um, so remember to um, have a really strategic 
food, green, green food plan. Um, think about how you can recycle and upcycle your items. Um, and then lastly, make sure you're trying to take whatever digital routes you can, whether it's an app, whether it's making an event website or sending a digital invite, finding ways to go digital when you can to reduce that paper. Because um, yeah, we need it. We need the oxygen. We need everything. Um, we want to be on this planet as long as we can. So we got to treat it right. Absolutely. And we want to have fun in the process. So that's yeah. one of the reasons that we started this podcast is because we both are small business owners and we believe that responsible business practices, those of us focused on positive environmental and social impact, is the way to go. That's how you make the money. That's how you grow your business. That's how you strengthen your brand. You just listened to another episode of Business Champs. I'm C.T. Anderson. You can follow me at C.T. Creation Care on all social media. And I am Britt Bogues at Britt Bogues, owner of Bogues Group. We are a consulting agency ready to work for you. The Business Champs podcast is a production of the Bogues Group, Spring Clean, and Balto Creative Media. It is recorded at the Queen City Podcast Network studio in Uptown Charlotte. QueenCityPodcastNetwork.com. dot com.